just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. And uh, on this edition, of course, very often we have Ed with us. And Ed's going to join the show here, and he's got some thoughts and some things to talk about. We always have plenty to talk about, don't you think, Ed? Yeah, uh, we have a uh, a plethora (laughs) of subjects. I mean, it's uh, it's like a cornucopia, Uh, and I wish we didn't have quite so much. I kind of wish we had Mm. to dig for it, but no, uh, there's something uh, new almost every day. um, you know, I keep you up on what's happening here in Tennessee, and yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I'm going to throw this in real quick. Uh, they passed a law that I didn't even know about. That uh, they had passed a law that uh, any business that allows transgender people to use their bathrooms, be it a restaurant or whatever that may be, uh, they had to post a sign saying we allow transgender people to use our restrooms. Uh, that was the law. Now, the Tennessee Supreme Court just struck it down. Uh, too stupid even for them. But even the same, But the, and I didn't even know, they snuck that one in somehow. I, I hadn't even heard about that one. But uh, or, or what they've done is so egregious during this session of the legislature that maybe, uh, maybe I was distracted. But the very same day, they also said that uh, uh, Governor Lee's uh, plan to uh, use vouchers to divert tax money from the public schools to private schools and religious schools was constitutional and could go ahead. So uh, they balanced one with the other one. They, they cut knocked down one stupid law. They allowed another one to stand. So it's a wash. Well, I want to talk about the Supreme Court, but we're going to do that later because it's the least important at this point. Uh, and I'll explain to you why I think right. the Supreme Court is least uh, important at this point. But we had something come out of the January 6th committee just today. And that was that they're looking, they're inviting uh, Representative Barry Laudermilk, a Republican from Georgia, to come talk to them because um, they have found some evidence that he knew about and actually conducted a tour, albeit a recognizance tour in the Capitol on January 5th. Now, of course, a lot of people have been saying, no, that's never happened. They had a, they had a, uh, uh, a select committee amongst the Republicans that said, well, we reviewed the stuff. Nothing happened. There was nothing to see here. Well, the select committee has now interviewed a thousand people. There was a representative, a woman that said, yeah, I saw the tours. I'd be happy to talk anytime. Now she may have already talked to them, but over and above that, we know there's cameras all over the Capitol. It's not going to be hard to find out if there were tour- tours and who gave those tours. But right now, they want to talk to Barry Loudermilk from Georgia and ask him about what is going on. Now, here's the deal. If they're asking Barry Loudermilk, we know they have the evidence that proves he did it. This may be the start of uh, some things putting cracks into the House of Representatives. Well, I hope that's true. I, I have seen video of Lauren uh, Bebert giving Bobert. a tour. Bobert, I mean, uh, giving a tour. I've seen that video. Uh, that came out way, way back. 
So, and I've heard that there's also video of Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Mo Brooks and about half of that, or more than half of that uh, Freedom Caucus giving tours the, the day before. Louis Gohmert was another one of them. Uh, they were giving the tours and you can bet that they were giving the tours to the people that would be uh, coming into the Capitol on January 6th. Well, you know, people will say, why Barry Loudermilk? I never even heard of this fuck. Why him? Uh, and it's just kind of a, a Chinese torture. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they get Barry Loudermilk in there, if he comes at all, uh, but he will be sent to the uh, uh, DOJ if he doesn't address the subpoena. He hasn't been subpoenaed yet, but he probably will be before he walks in there. If he doesn't comply with the subpoena, he's going to the DOJ because they've got evidence of his crimes. Uh, but the reason they're going to uh, Barry Loudermilk is because they want uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, uh, Louis Gohmert, Paul Gosar, Tommy Tuberville. We want all those fuckers to be squirming in their seats, making them nervous and worry. Because, you know, uh, if there's video of Barry Loudermilk giving the tours, you know there's video of every one of those motherfuckers giving tours. And they're just going to take them down one at a time. So you better talk. Otherwise, it's going right to the DOJ. You better have some explanation. You see, this is a different situation now because they can say, well, I'm just not going to talk about it because it'll fucking go away. No, you better talk about it. You better tell your side of the story. Otherwise, it's going to the DOJ with nothing but guilt on it for you. Yeah, this is one thing that that I think that the committee's a little remiss on. When the first guy refused a subpoena, I believe they should have called the sergeant of arms and said, bring this guy in. I really do. And made him sit in the chair and take the fifth or whatever. Um, You know, he can sue. He can take it to the Supreme Court, uh, whatever he wants to do. But that's after the fact. You know, you know, know, the actual law, the, 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 the Congress has power with the sergeant of arms. Right. Not, Not to just go and grab these people up and sit them in the chair and make them talk. It's even stronger than that. There's like a little jail cell in yeah. the, the uh, Capitol and the Sergeant of arms has every right. And it's perfectly legal. It's not been used since the 1800s, but they can go out, grab Lauren Boebert by the fucking ponytail, drag her back and put her in a little prison cell in the basement of the U S Capitol Capitol until she decides to talk. Yeah, they could be stronger about this. I know they're worried about backlash from it, but fuck it. This is about the future of our country. We've got to take extreme measures in extreme times. Exactly. Take the gloves off for a change. What do you got to lose? You're right. The subpoena power is just like a judge has. And and he also has the power of calling you in contempt. And if he calls you in contempt, he can put you in jail. He can fine you. He can leave you in jail pretty much as long as he wants to. Um, Congress can, I believe, do the same thing. I, I don't think it's been tried in a long time. And there would be pushback. But in the meantime, they're sitting in jail. Well, I think I think the power of Congress is a little less than the legal system. Yeah, they do have that little jail cell, but they can only do what they're doing now. If they send out a subpoena, they don't comply. Then they refer it to the DOJ and the DOJ does whatever they're going to do. Now, of all the people referred to the DOJ for not complying with subpoenas, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
the weird guy, the, the well, chubby weird guy with the gray hair that's all over the place. Steve Bannon. He's right. the only one that's been indicted in this so far. Mark Meadows has not been indicted. None of these other ones have been indicted. So we need the DOJ to act and put these fuckers in the process. Now, here's the thing. They told, um, um, they said that, uh, um, God, it slipped my fucking mind again. Uh, who's the guy I just uh, said? Louder milk. No, no, no. no the, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yeah. God damn it. I need to sleep. But um, <laughs> when, when when they said we're going to do a court case, of course, Bannon tried to extend it. Yes. And they extended it all the way out to July. Now, this was back some time ago. And people say, he's just delaying. It's not. Well, fucking July is coming. Pretty yeah. goddamn quick. And so Steve Bannon's going to have to go to trial, and it'll be interesting to see what he does because there's no question he's going to lose. Uh, but people have to be freaking out. The Republicans have to be freaking out a little bit in the uh, in, in the House of Representatives. You've got these eight hearings that are going to be on television that are going to probably make Watergate look like uh, you know a, a one season fucking sitcom, and. And then they've got all this evidence, and now they've they're they're uh, tipping their hand that they've got video of people giving tours. There's got to be a little tension on the Republican side in the House of Representatives. Yeah, I think there is, and I and I I'm I'm hoping this isn't a dangerous time. I, I'm hoping that because they got so many of the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters and all of those guys uh, for breaking into the Capitol, and a lot of them are cooling their heels in jail now. Um, that that kind of broke the back of that thing. But there's still a lot of weird people out there, nasty militia types with guns who just might think it would be a good time to go back in, if you know what I mean, during these hearings and shoot up the place. It's not beyond them by any stretch of the imagination. So I hope they haven't left their guard down. I, I hope the Capitol Police and anybody else, the CIA, FBI, I don't care who, uh, is watching these guys and is ready to move on them if they need to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty amazing that it's taken this long. People have been very upset and people have been saying nothing's going to happen. And I've said this before in the podcast, I'll say it to you, Ed, uh, even amongst my followers, I will get people say, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to Donald Trump. He's a Teflon Don. Everybody's just going to get away with it. And I hate that people do that. I hate that people walk into situations and have this fatalistic fucking attitude. They, they you know, it's like you're giving up. It's like you're pouting because you didn't get it fast enough. And you're not patient enough to wait for shit to happen. This is the legal system. It takes for fucking ever. But it's going to happen, and we're seeing it by bits and bits and bits going on here that we're getting closer to the fucking ceiling falling in on the Republicans. You know, I think there's a historical aspect to it, too, Mike. Uh, You saw Nixon, uh, uh, just incredibly uh, criminal activities there. Um, He gets a pardon, and he gets to live out the rest of his life, uh, you know, and obviously he's not in the public eye, but he, and toward the end there, they started to let him, uh, you know, go on diplomatic visits with the other presidents and that sort of thing. And right. He was never, never redeemed or anything, but he never went to prison. Right. right. Then, then you, then you've got uh, George W. Bush, uh, who, um, sends American troops into Iraq and, uh, uh sends uh, people to, 
torture chambers all around the world, and you know, black ops things run by the CIA, did all sorts of criminal criminal activities. And now they're trying to rehabilitate him and they show him painting his stupid paintings and slipping candy to Michelle Obama and that sort of thing. Isn't he cute? The guy's a criminal. Uh, he got off scot-free. And and then, then you see Trump. You're, you, you see Trump, who uh, uh, obviously was part of an insurrection, was in on the planning. If, uh, if he didn't uh, planet himself at least he was right at the center of all of the planning and knew about everything so so people are are you know looking back historically and saying you know these guys are teflon uh, they managed to you know a lot of their underlings do time you know right. uh, reagan have a huge amount of people who went to jail bush had a huge amount of people who went to jail um nixon every yeah nixon every every republican administration uh, except for George W. Bush the um, first, uh, and he had a couple, um, right. but um, Obama not one. Carter had one, a guy who took a watch <laughs> as a gift, which yeah. was mostly inadvertent. The Democrats pretty much squeaky clean. The Republicans dirty as crap, and and you know the the head guys rarely uh, rarely get taken. Dick Cheney, you know Liz Cheney's father should be in prison, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. He should you know, be in prison. And, um, you know, they defrauded the government. They did all sort of really, really bad things, and they haven't paid for it. So people look at Trump and they say, well, maybe he'll be able to do it, too. We'll see. Well, the thing about take George W. Bush, when he was in office, the whole 9-11 thing and all the stuff that happened with George W. Bush, I said many times at that point that he was the dumbest fucking president we've ever had. It, it, he's the dumbest and most corrupt president we ever had. I said that a lot of times. I just hated this guy. And then Donald Trump comes along. He puts in his four years. And I realize George W. Bush isn't the dumbest president ever. It's not no. even fucking close. Not Hell, close. When, when Donald Trump was in office for a while there, I kind of missed George W. Bush. At least it was manageable when he was in office. Did you happen to see George put his foot in his mouth uh, I just did. yesterday? Uh, I did. You know, and a lot of people are making making a lot of hay with it. And, yeah. uh, you know, for my money, it's an old guy making a slip of the tongue. I make slip of the tongue um, um, all the time. This is no secret Freudian slip. It's just an old guy that just said the wrong thing because he's from a different era, but go ahead. Remind us what happened. Well, and, you know, he was giving a speech and he said the invasion of Ukraine um, was, he, he said it was one man um, launching an invasion of Iraq. I mean, Ukraine, yeah. you know, so it was uh, in essence, it was, <laughs> he was a, uh, um, outing himself there because in, in essence that's what he did i mean uh we attacked uh i mean osama bin laden a saudi arabian attacked uh, um, the united states uh and uh fled to afghanistan and then pakistan so we attacked iraq you know well, that, that, that made perfect sense right well well and, and if you look at all the factors in this you know why first of all George W. Bush and his family are tied very closely with Saudi Arabia in the oil business. Yes. If you look at the attack on 9-11, most of the pilots driving the planes into fucking buildings and into the ground were Saudi Arabian. So how do we get Iraq out of that? Well, I'll tell you how we got Iraq out of it. 
George H.W. Bush went in there and, you know, beat the piss out of uh, out of uh, Iraq, but he didn't take it all the way to Baghdad. He didn't finish the job. So because of that, George W. Bush wanted to finish the job for his father, and he had to make up some bullshit in order to go in there. I mean, Saddam Hussein was a motherfucker. There's no question about that. He should have been killed, and I'm glad he's fucking dead. But I can't say that he had anything to do with 9-11 when you got all these Saudis there, and you just ignore Saudi fucking Arabia. Exactly. And I've been saying that for years. The best thing we could do is send a missile screaming into, into Riyadh. But, uh, you know, and take out the, the, the giant prince or giant prick, yeah. <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. But uh, Cheney was also quoted as saying, you know, uh, somebody said, well, we should be going into Afghanistan. He said, there's no targets in Afghanistan, but there's plenty of them in Iraq. So, right. um, you know, they, they wanted to get in there, get the oil. Um, and um, basically shake up the Middle East to do what they wanted to do there. So it was it was just using an, an opportune moment when uh, everybody was stirred up, everybody wanted revenge, and they, um, the Democrats didn't have the guts to stand up. There were very few, our own Paul Wellstone and a few others who voted against going into Iraq, but most went right along because they realized or they, they thought that they would look... Uh, they would look weak, weak and uh, which is always really stupid because sometimes it's better to look smart and uh, look at how much we lost. But they wanted the shock and awe. They wanted well, to be able to do the shock and awe, and they couldn't do that in Afghanistan bombing desert. Well, know, the, so. the, the ironic thing is they still went into Afghanistan anyway, even yeah. though they watched Russia toil in there for 10 years and make no headway at all. Russia just finally had to say, fuck it, we're done with this. We're not going in. So what do we do? We do the exact same thing. We go in there for 20 fucking years, waste all kinds of money, make no headway, and change nothing in Afghanistan. And then we have to pull it out. But it's Biden's fault. Well, George W. Bush put us there, and every other president had the opportunity to pull us out, but they didn't. The only one was Biden. Was it a mess over there? Fuck yeah. But it doesn't compare to the messes when we pulled out of Vietnam. That was a fucking mess. Yeah, and, and remember, Trump had set the timetable uh, to withdraw. He was the one who said we're withdrawing. Uh, he had set the timetable, and Biden actually delayed the timetable a little bit. We were supposed to be out in May. He delayed it to uh, late June or July, whatever it was, when we finally finally left. It could have been measured better, but that's not the president's uh, outlook. That's the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the military. Uh, to manage that. They're the guys with the expertise. They're the ones who are supposed to know how to do it. You're given a mission by the your higher ups and you decide how to do it. But you, your your job is to perform the mission. They did not do it well. Um, and uh, we saw that it could have been handled better. But uh, you have to remember that Trump did set the timeline. So there you go. Oh, remember, the big thing about war the thing, the reason why people go to war in this country, because it's fucking profitable. Let me just let me just tell exactly. you. Let me exactly. tell you a story here. Um, we know we know that the Republicans love babies, right? They just love babies. That's why they want to overturn Roe v. Wade. And then we come across this fucking thing uh, where we're short. We have a shortage of formula for babies, which is crucial because babies drink or eat that. Uh, that's what they eat. 
when they're not breastfeeding. My kids all did it, and it's absolutely necessary. They're too young to feed them pizza, so you need formula. But now all of a sudden we're out of formula. And of course, the Republicans want to say, oh, it's Joe Biden. It's Joe Biden. No, that's not what it is. The Republicans, with their helping the rich companies, made it so there are only three or four companies in this country that provide formula. They put tariffs on it so they couldn't import anything from outside the country. Now, the FDA had a problem with one of these factories and they shut it down. So what do these do? These people say, well, we'll show you who's got the power. We'll just slow everything down, and then we'll get to do whatever the fuck we want. But Joe Biden comes along and says, look, if you can't handle this, we'll start bringing some shit from outside the country. And then, of course, Abbott, the big company, says, oh, no, no, you know, actually, we can probably do something with this. They loosen up the FDA, and they're going to start providing more formula. This is all about fucking money. And it's all about uh, just trying to make the Democrats look bad when they had nothing to fucking do with this at all. Then the last thing I'll tell you, and I want your comments on this. There's a bill that goes into Congress the other day, yesterday, the day before, something like that. And Joe Biden wants to get $28 million for more formula for kids in this country. And we know Republicans love babies, right? Yet when they... Yet when they when they voted on it in the House of Representatives, 193 Republicans said, no, we don't want to give twenty eight million dollars to help people get more formula. And what people have to understand is twenty eight million dollars is change the government fines in the fucking sofa. They want to send seven hundred forty billion dollars to the Defense Department. They want to send two trillion dollars to the rich people of this country and get nothing in return. But they insist that they want to save the babies, but they can't they can't justify spending twenty eight million dollars, which ain't nothing to help the babies. It seems contradictory to me. Absolutely. Uh, You know, to give them credit, 12, 12 Republicans voted for it. Uh, All all the rest voted against it. And um, does that mean there are 12 Republicans with a conscience? I don't know. Uh, Probably not. But uh, but the 12 did vote for it. But all the rest voted against it. Uh, They always vote as a block against everything. They want empty store shelves. They want folks to go looking for formula and not be able to get it because they think that they will blame Biden because a lot of people only watch Fox News or OAN or something like that. And uh, they won't know that it was uh, it was Trump's redoing of the North American Free Trade Agreement that kept the formula from being able to be imported. Um, and they don't know that Biden is importing it anyway. They don't know that he invoked the uh, Defense Production Act, uh, whatever that's actually called, that uh, commandeers factories uh, that usually make yogurt or whatever to make formula. He's doing that as well. This will be solved in short order. And and let me just say one thing. Um, I and my older brother and even my younger brother, who's nine years younger than me, he was born in 58. Uh, we did not have formula, and my mother did not breastfeed. Um, I mean, store-bought formula. She made her own out of uh, evaporated milk, caro syrup, and I don't forget what the other ingredient water. was. Water. Water. And um, we did just fine on that. Now, I, I know that uh, it's not ideal. 
certainly. And um, but I did go online and I found I found 15 different formulas, all pretty much the same. Um, you have to be careful. You have to sanitize. You have to use uh, glass bottles. You have to boil water. It's, it's a production, but it's no worse than making a cake uh, to make baby formula. Right. And uh, it can be done. And uh, that could have been mobilized um, if, if folks had just uh, uh, taken a moment to do it. I mean, granted, you have to then add baby vitamins and so forth to it after it's cooled, but it can be done. And uh, as I say, both my older brother and me, my mother could not breastfeed. She made the formula for all three of us. And uh, so did every other mother that I ever knew in, um, at that time. I mean, it wasn't until the late 50s that the formula was even available in stores. Right. So uh, uh, we, did, we managed to make do before right. that. You know what I think somebody should do? If you're an entrepreneur and you have a mind to do this, taking what you just said and understanding it's a little more difficult for an individual to do this. They should create a box with all the ingredients in it with instructions and sell it for half the price of fucking formula. If you don't want to go spend 20 bucks for a can of formula, here's a box with all the ingredients. You just put them together, follow the directions. It's going to be better than what you make on your own and, and sell it for 10 bucks. It's, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody does that. I mean, there are a lot of people out there saying, oh, no, don't make your own formula. There are probably some pitfalls from doing that. But, you know, like you say, in the 50s, somehow people suffered without or struggled and and made it without formula. So maybe we just need to look back in time in order to get through a situation like that. It's easy to say if you don't have small children. I bought formula all the time for my kids, and it was crazy fucking expensive. My yeah. grand, my granddaughter's too, so she doesn't drink formula anymore. We just throw a pizza at her or something like that, and she'll chew that up like nobody's business. Thankfully, she doesn't have to deal with the formula. But uh, this is this is very troubling for a lot of parents and a lot of kids out there. I've heard some kids have had to go to the hospital because they don't have formula. Exactly. And um, that's something to keep in mind too, though. This whole problem began because the formula that you buy in the store was tainted because of a a bad production process at uh, Abbott, which makes both Infamil and uh, uh, whatever the other one is. Uh, I don't know. I've never had kids. Similac? Similac, yeah. And um, uh, they had uh, known about the problem for two years, had done nothing about it until finally the government came in and said, you can't do this and shut it down. When they became aware of the problem that the company had been hiding for two years, in that time, many kids had gotten sick from the store-bought formula and two had died. Now, two may not sound a lot, a lot may not sound like a lot, but if they're your kids, it's a lot. So uh, uh, the store-bought formula was not necessarily safe either. You know, most of it probably was. Most of it continues to be. But uh, from that particular product line, it was not safe, and it went on for two years. Right. So um, if you're careful and you follow the, the prescribed way to do it, you could make it at home. And, I, and I'm not telling anybody to go out and do it. I'm just saying explore it. And uh, I don't think you'll have to because I think there will be plenty of formula on the shelves in short order. But as a stopgap, 
maybe it's something you might want to consider. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a tough situation. I understand it. And over and above, as I said, getting formula, being able to afford formula. When my, we had my first son, we were very young and we didn't have a lot of money and kids out of formula. And somehow we got to come up with another 15 bucks. Doesn't sound like a lot of money, but when you're going paycheck to paycheck, juggling and bouncing things around that 15 bucks can come at an inopportune time. And it, you know, I'm not getting paid till Friday. It sounds crazy right now that somebody wouldn't be able to come up with 15 bucks, but I had those days in my life. I think we all had those days in their lives and we figured out a way to deal with it. And we got the food that the kids needed. My, my sons are, are both over six, two and uh, way over 230 pounds. So I don't think, I don't think they struggled much. Those, those kids ate, they were eaters. Exactly. And, uh, and, and, and this, this is, this is what I'm saying. There are ways to do it, but, but look at it for at this way too. You just brought up a point there. The, the people on minimum wage, the seven thirty-five or whatever it is now, it's been a while since I made that, but uh, um, you can't afford baby uh, formula on that. And that's why every grocery store you go to, the, the one thing, the things they have locked up are razor blades and infant formula and, right. you know, in some places, batteries. But, Sudafed. Uh, Sudafed. Yeah, definitely Sudafed. <laughs> Believe me, I've had problems with that. I take an allergy medicine that has Sudafed in it. And uh, somehow or other, I, I uh, see, I get the kind you take every four hours when you need it. And uh for some reason, the state of Tennessee, the allocation they give you for Sudafed um, exceeds, does not exceed the, the dosage that I particularly need. You right. know, if I buy a, buy a pack of it and I take it every four hours, then um, I use it up before I can buy more. So it's always a go in and see if I can buy it yet kind of thing, right. because it's, it's, a, it's an ingredient in meth. And they, right. they use it here in meth. Uh, Tennessee is one of those states where people cook meth like most people barbecue. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it's 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 a pain for me. But uh, but I uh, I understand why they have to uh, uh, keep it under lock and key. Uh, the Similac and the and the Infamil and the infant formula, it should be cheaper uh, there. It should be uh, it's not available for WIC. Uh, right. You can't use your WIC uh, card on that. Which is some, fucking ridiculous. It, exactly. It's insane. And that should be immediately changed. Maybe this will bring that to light. Yeah, hopefully it will. Uh, well, we're going to need to take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this primary in Pennsylvania for the U.S. Senate. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of shaping up kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. But we'll take a quick break here and we'll be right back. All right, I'm going to run out for a second. Uh, the two, the things I'm thinking of this is, first of all, it's a very tight race. They right. still don't have a decision as yet. And right. they're count, counting the mail-in votes. But wait, right. the mail-in votes are supposed to be the source of all evil. But now right. they aren't bitching about it. Um, yeah. And then Donald Trump comes in and says, well, what you should do is just say you want. Yeah. <laughs> like that worked before. Uh, so there, there's kind of a mess facing up there. And I, I think what we're seeing with this is is good. We've got Republicans fighting with Republicans, which divides the party more, which to me makes it better for the midterm. But we can talk about that. Sounds good. All right. I'll be right back. 
On every show, I tell you that if you have questions, comments, or complaints, just reach out to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Those emails come directly to me, and your input is crucial to this show. The show is called Rational Boomer Podcast, but that's not to suggest that I'm the Rational Boomer. I am not. I am simply a Rational Boomer. All of you are Rational Boomers. Anybody of a like mind is a Rational Boomer. Strength comes in numbers and not through an individual. You have perceptions and insights that may have never occurred to me. This isn't a show about me. This is a show about us and gaining a voice in this country. There's 70 million baby boomers in this country. Yeah, I know the younger folks would prefer to push us aside. Every generation has done that. But we are a formidable force if we can get together and speak in one voice. This is why I encourage you to let your friends and family know about the Rational Boomer podcast, not to satisfy my ego, but to give us more power, a stronger voice to help right this ship we call the United States of America. Lastly, I'm offering the opportunity for my listeners to be on the show. Now, it could be two minutes, it could be a half hour, it could be the whole fucking show. I'd much rather have you on the show than somebody pimping a podcast or a book. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what you know. The Rational Boomer Podcast is all about us. All right, we are back. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this primary going on in Pennsylvania. It's for the U.S. Senate. It's the Republican primary. And there were three people running. There was Dr. Oz, Dave McCormick, and this Catherine Barnett, I believe. She yeah. was a fucking crazy woman. They thought she was going to surge ahead and, and win this thing. Now she's dropped behind a little bit. And now Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick are head to head. The election was Tuesday. We still don't know who is going to win this. They say it could take days. It could take weeks. It's a very close race. <laughs> now, what I find interesting is they say, well, what they're doing now is call, uh, counting the mail-in votes. Yeah. The, the mail-in votes, I thought that was the source of all evil, the source of election fraud. But now they think it's fine. Doesn't that seem strange? Yeah, and th this is the thing. I mean, uh, Trump, for example, is already saying there's fraud there, but uh, I don't think he thought about it because this is the Republican primary. So there's fraud in the Republican primary. It has to be from who? Republicans. Uh, Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donald Trump's not the smartest motherfucker in the world, and, and you're re referencing a little advice he gave to his endorsee, Dr. Oz, who was a nutcase in his own right, once he heard about this close tie and the mail-in votes and all that stuff, he gave um, he gave Dr. Oz some advice. He said, listen, man, all you need to do is claim victory and then let them bounce around and find votes that aren't real. Well, I don't know about you, Ed, but I've seen that strategy before. And it wasn't the well. No, it didn't work too well. <laughs> we've got two years later, we've got Joe Biden in the Oval Office and Donald Trump squishing around in his shitty pants down in Mar-a-Lago. Tell me how good that fucking strategy worked. Exactly. And and I don't think it matter which one wins. I mean, they're they're, they're two peas in a pod. Um, you know, McCormick, I mean, if, if you had to have one or the other. I'd say no to both. I mean, he's not, neither one is better than the other. Oz no. is an obvious opportunist. He's barely a citizen. I mean, he has dual citizenship, but we know where his loyalty is. I mean, he's an Erdogan fan from, uh, is it Erdogan? Yeah. 
from uh, Turkey. From, yeah. yeah, from uh, the word go. Uh, he doesn't live in the state. For one thing, he lives in New Jersey, and and I guess he borrowed maybe Mark Meadows let him haul his uh, uh, mobile home up there to live in or something. But uh, uh, there, there's all kinds of uh, reasons to not vote for Doctor Oz. Although it looks like he's a um, the last thing I saw, it looks like the other guys moving ahead. Uh, the, uh, the where the votes are coming in from now. Uh, there's more of them coming in for him than for Oz, although there's a small section where Oz might get a few more votes. But it looks like it's going to go. Uh, I'm hoping Oz goes down just because it'll be a slap in Trump's face, right. much as Matthew uh, Cawthorn Exa- was. Ex- exactly. And, and the thing is, here's the thing to note, and some other people have suggested this, this to me, and I, I don't know if I agree, but if it's within a half a percent, then there has to be a recount by law. That's and, what I hear. And then somebody says, well, they'll just have recount after recount. It'll go to court and go to court. Fucking good. Because yeah. all the time these guys are in court dicking around trying to find who the candidate's going to be. The Democrats going to be making hay and they're going to kick their ass in in the general election. We, we've talked about this before. Um when people see Trump's endorsees win or these crazy fucks win, everybody's all excited. They're going, oh, my God, we can't have somebody like that in office. And, and again, it goes back to what I said before. If you're thinking like that, you're assuming a loss. You're not critically thinking about this. The crazier the guy running or gal running against the Democrat, it's better. Because you've got a lot of people in the Republican Party that are not in the base. And when they see some of the crazy shit these people have done or said or or thinking about, they're not going to vote for these fucks. Bring on the crazies. I think that's in our best interest come the midterms. I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, There's a couple that worry me. Georgia worries me. uh, And and I I don't understand this. I, I don't understand why. Uh, the Republican candidate for Senate that, uh, that has even a, a, a shot at it. Number one, Warnick is a, is an excellent candidate for the Democrats. Right. Uh, uh, and um, he definitely is senatorial material. Uh, his opponent, not so much. <laughs> Just because you can move a football field, I mean, a football down a field, Oh, yeah. Herschel um, Walker. Yeah. Uh, does not qualify you to be a senator, especially, especially when you're so unintelligent. I mean, and you lie. You lie like Trump. He claims he was at the head of his class and the guy barely graduated, if he graduated at all. We know how most uh, football players do in class. Uh, yeah. If, if the, somebody else does their work and they hand it in. And if they show up, uh, the professor, um, you know, marks them in, whether they're there or not. I mean, it, it, they're not there to learn. They're there to play football. And uh, that was exactly what uh, he, he did. He's not an intelligent person. He's certainly not a senatorial material. And I, quite frankly, I don't know how they seduce the guy in the beginning of a Republican. It, it boggles my mind. It does. And and the person you're talking about, we haven't given the name yet. And that is, of course, Herschel Walker, who we yeah. in Minnesota are familiar with because um, uh, the Minnesota Vikings made this horrific trade that damaged the team for decades. 
and got Herschel Walker here. And then when he shows up, he really isn't shit. He isn't that big a deal. Then he goes off and plays other places. And then, and then now he's not playing. Now, I don't know if they had to try very hard to get him to be a Republican. Because if you go way back when he was just coming out of college, I don't think he graduated. So he certainly wasn't at the top of his class. But he didn't go to the NFL right away. He went to the USFL. And I happened to be working at a radio station that did the broadcast uh, of the USFL games on the network. And uh, who did he play for? He played uh, for Donald Trump. Yes, he did. He played for New Jersey. I can't remember the name of the generals, maybe. Generals. Yeah. New Jersey generals. And he worked for Donald Trump. So he had a relationship with Donald Trump from the early 80s. So it isn't hard for him to see him become president and then latch on to them latch on to him because he's got some power. So I didn't think you had to go very far. I mean, clearly Herschel Walker is not the brightest man in the world. He lies. He's been accused of uh, physically abusing his wife and his girlfriend. He obviously has some um, anger issues. He's got a son that was all over TikTok, and he's just this fucking nutcase. He's just annoying as shit. But Herschel Walker, I look forward to this race. If Herschel Walker is running against Warnock, it isn't going to be hard to decide who you can trust and who's going to do the job well enough. You might get the base voting for Herschel Walker, but nobody with common sense is going to vote for Herschel Walker. Well, I, from your lips to God's ear, as they say, uh, sometimes we see what celebrities can do. Who would have thought? that over 70 million people would vote for uh, a ridiculous, vile, stupid reality show uh, star. Uh, who would have thought they would have voted for him for uh, any office, much less president? It, it's depressing. I, I uh, said just yesterday, uh, when you consider that uh, Donald Trump was elected and totally botched the uh, presidency for four years and still was almost reelected, you have to come to the conclusion that almost half of the electorate is either evil or stupid and yeah. possibly both. Possibly both. But, I, you know, I, I question, you know, I, I've thought that, too, when, when the vote first came out. And uh, um, I don't think it's all that. I mean, I, I know 30 percent of the country follows Donald Trump will believe anything he says will believe lies and all that sort of things. But you're right. 74, 71 million people voted for Donald Trump in 2020. You have to take into account that there are people in this country that only vote Republican, regardless of who's running. They refuse to vote Democrat or independent. And this is a legacy with them. Great grandpa did it. Grandpa did it. Dad did it. So now I'm doing it. They think, the Democrats, because of what the Republicans have said, are the evil side. So their only choice is to vote Republican. So they thought that, OK, well, Donald Trump may be a dipshit, but he's a Republican, so I got to vote for him. This time around, it's going to be a little different in the midterms. And the reason it's going to be different is because now we have Republicans trying to overturn Roe v. Wade, pissing off 50 percent of this country. They're trying to suppress uh, people of color in their votes. They're trying to marginalize, at the very least, the LBGTQ people. And we've got all this in, in information that's coming out in in uh, June 
regarding the hearings that are on television. There's going to be a lot of shit. As Jamie Raskin said, it's going to blow the roof off the House of Representatives. There is so much shit going against the Republicans now. Many of those 74 million that voted for Donald Trump are going to have to think again. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to vote Democrat. Oh, actually, they might vote independent or they just might not vote at all because they can't stomach the shit that the Republican base is doing. So I think this is going to be vastly different than what we saw in 2020. Well, let me put it this way, Mike. If the Republicans take back the House and Senate and then the presidency, I will be doing the morning show from a small station somewhere in Moose Josh, Saskatchewan, <laughs> the next day uh, or, or someplace. I will not remain in this country under a Republican administration that has full power. Um, you- they, they have the Supreme Court that, and they will have them for decades. Uh, if they were to get the Senate and the House, uh, that would be terrible. If you add the presidency to that, we will never see another free and fair election ever, not right. in our lifetimes, unless right. there's a, a revolution of some sort, which well, there could be. Well, I think there, I think that is the answer, and I think there will be a revolution, but not in the sense we understand revolutions. I'm not talking about fighting in the streets. I'm just talking a huge backlash from America. Let's be honest. We've got 70% of the people in this country that support Roe v. Wade and 30% that don't. If there is a backlash and there will be a backlash over that one topic, it's going to be a problem for the Republicans. It's funny you mentioned Canada. Uh, I recently had a uh, uh, one of the listeners as a guest. His name is Tyler, and he's 27 years old, which is kind of out of our demographic. But he <laughs> lives lives in Canada, and he was giving us some perspective of this whole problem with the indigenous schools and what we're finding out now. They've already been doing it for about 12 years up in Canada, and now we're just starting. But I told Tyler, I said, listen, if the midterms go south, I got a business idea for you. <laughs> it's helping immigrants from America settle down in fucking Canada because there's going to be a lot of people coming. Oh, with, without a doubt. And then we maybe we can beef up their armed forces and reconquer America. I don't know. You know, I'm joking, folks, really, yeah, uh, we're at all... this point. But at, at some point, um, there are things we can do. But that's why the midterms are critical, because we still have the presidency. And if we can keep the House and Senate and we can add at least two senators, uh, we can do we can get rid of the filibuster. We can expand the court to uh, where it should be with 13 members and we can we can pack the shit out of it. And I say that without any reservations, because uh, it's been done already by the Republicans. These people are not jurists. They are hacks. And, you know, the ones I'm talking about. Absolutely. And, uh, and Alito is the worst of the bunch, but the others aren't much better. And, um, and none of them are distinguished. Uh, none of them should be on the Supreme Court, but they're there. So let's water it down and get some real folks in there who really understand the law, understand the Constitution, and realize that the country has moved on from where it started. Uh, we are not the same country where you we were in 1776. And we shouldn't pretend that going back and uh, every period, comma, and exclamation point in the Constitution is to be honored the way it was written. We don't do that. We have that. That's what we have amendments for. Let's get some in there. Let's uh, 
Let's sunset that Second Amendment. Get rid of that thing because every day we see people murdered because of it, because we uh, we treat it like it's it's holy writ. It ain't. No, it's, it's just not. a very poorly worded amendment that wanted to raise an army when we needed one. Well, we've got a different one now, and it's much better. And we don't need a bunch of citizens running citizens running around with guns shooting people just because they don't like the color of their skin. For God's yeah. sake! Yeah, it's 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 pretty appalling when you look at the Second Amendment. Uh, not only is it kind of kind of confusing, well, confusing to Republicans anyway because they misinterpret it. Um, it's, it's, it's actually easy to understand if you read the whole second amendment, it's about well-regulated militias and it was intended for, uh, the community, the, the country, the citizens to take back their country. If some rogue fucking politicians got in there, well, that's 246 years ago. So it's a much different situation. That's not even a valid law anymore. Cause there's no way a well-regulated militia could go up against the American government. I'm not opposed to people having guns, but there needs to be a, an amendment to the Second Amendment to clarify what is intended. Because these people, you know, these people, these Republicans are just like the fucking evangelicals. Open the Bible, look at a passage, and then decide, what do I want that to fucking mean? Whatever's going to be beneficial to me, that's what it means. And I will fight to the death to say that's what it means, even though it has no bearing on that fucking at all. And that's the same thing with the Second Amendment. Exactly. And the, the key word here is the key words are well regulated. And yet the NRA and all of the Republicans and even some Democrats don't want any regulation at all, even though it is right there, well regulated. That means that um, it's okay to have a permitting process. It's okay to have a background check. That's regulation. That's what you want. That's what it calls for. Honor that. All they want is shall not be, um, what's the word they use? Yeah. Um, yeah. People's never... right to bear arms shall not be constrained or whatever it is. I, I don't have it right here in front of me. I'll think of it immediately when we're off off mic, but uh, everybody but I, knows what I mean. Yeah, but 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 I make this comparison always. Guns are dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so to a certain extent, are cars in the wrong hands. And in order to drive a car, you've got to take training. You've got to take over the road training. You've got to take a test. Then you've got to take a second test. Then you've got to take a test behind the wheel before you get a license. And then once you get that license, you've got to follow every rule to the T. Oh, and yes, you have to be insured. Now, if you have to go through that process with cars, cars are almost as dangerous, if not more so in some cases, than guns. Why wouldn't that same procedure be good for guns? Well, it's because the NRA and everybody else thinks they're going to sell fewer guns if there's more restrictions on it. And they probably will because there's some crazy fucks out there. But my question would be to the people who tout the Second Amendment, this 18-year-old kid that walked into a grocery store in, uh, in, in Buffalo, New York, and killed 10 people, what well-regulated militia was he in? Where was his well-regulated militia? He was 18 years old. Dad bought him the gun for his birthday. He's just a fucking clown, a kid with a fucking toy that didn't know how to handle it. Oh boy, he sounds just like Kyle Rittenhouse, doesn't he? 
He sure does. But this fucker's yeah. going to jail. Yeah, forever. Yeah, uh, he should. And, uh, and so should have Kyle. But, uh, you know, we were all political about it. And uh, we had a judge who was a nutcase yeah. and, uh, and uh, tainted the trial and so forth. But, but you're absolutely right. And uh, mm-hmm. once you've got that driver's license, you have to wear a seatbelt. You have to have all your mirrors uh, working. You have to have all your headlights working. Uh, you can't have fuzzy dice hanging from your rearview mirror. There are all kinds of regulations that you have to count uh, uh, to. You have to have uh, uh, child restraints for seats for your children. Uh, you can't have them riding in the back of your pickup. All of these restraints that we put up with on everything else we do, yet with guns, we can't do anything. Stupid. There well, is no reasoning behind here, that. Here's the thing. If you're driving and you speed and you get a ticket, then you speed again and get another ticket. And then you speed again and get a third ticket. What happens? They take your fucking license away. They yep. suspend it or take it away permanently. But there is absolutely no rules and regulations in Texas. Any idiot can walk down, buy a gun, carry it around town, do whatever the fuck he wants with it. Now, that's well and good for people who understand gun safety and all those things. That's fine. But a large majority of the people that buy these guns just do it because they want to look tough or strong or cool or whatever it is. It has nothing to do with their own personal safety. It's just about their own fucking image. And that is the wrong reason to own a gun. Exactly. I I was reading an article um, just the other day, and it it referenced a a management book, the 15 something or others of uh, of good management uh, right. rules or regulations, whatever. Uh, but it, it, it quoted the three psychologists who did a study and they said that uh, people need three things. They need approval. They need security. They need control. And if they don't have approval, if they don't have security, then control is how they have left. So that's why they buy guns. And that's why they love guns, because it gives them the illusion of control. Um, and, and most of the people who want to uh, conceal carry, they don't have approval. Uh, they're, they're marginal people. They don't have security. They tend to be from the, the lower. Uh, um, they, they don't make a lot of money. But they make enough to buy a gun and they can carry around and it makes them feel like a big man and it makes them feel like they're a hero and it makes them feel like they're the good guy with the gun and so forth. And yet right here in my hometown, it hasn't been that long. An older guy uh, goes into a a supermarket with a gun in his belt. He bends over to pick up something it falls on the floor and shoots the bag boy. Right. (laughs) So, uh, uh, you know, it was not his intention to hurt anyone, but he did because that gun was not regulated. And uh, that happens every day where the little kid pulls the gun out of mama's purse. I can think of three different instances last year where this happened, uh, pulls out the gun, blows mom away. You know, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna color that kid yeah. for life. <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry. I mean, Christ, if you live in Minnesota here, and you have a swimming pool in your backyard and you choose not to put up a fence. If the little kid walks over and drowns in your swimming pool, you're in a fucking load of trouble because you should have had, you should have had the fence out there or somebody watching it. There's a lot of things that we are responsible to do in order to keep other people safe, except it doesn't apply to guns on any sense. But let me ask you this. Even if somebody were going to try to add an amendment to the second amendment or, or, 
or modify it in any way. Do you think under these terms with this Supreme Court, they would look at it as positively as they do this anti-abortion shit? I don't think so. I think they'd say, no, that's that's unconstitutional. We're going to throw it fuck out. They would say, as you know, Alito did that when he was asking about abortion, is it deeply rooted in American history? They would say, well, gun ownership is deeply rooted and they would let that stand. What, 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 here, 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 here's the thing is that when you listen to the Supreme Court, you hear Clarence Thomas and other people saying, oh, you can't talk badly about us. It's going to hurt the status and the credibility of the Supreme Court. I say we're fucking too late on that. The Supreme Court has been destroyed. The Supreme Court has no credibility. They have no integrity. And it's not because of our opinions on the outside. It's because of what those fuckers have already done and the way they've tarnished and tainted that fucking court. That court, to me now, is just worthless because you can't trust them. Absolutely. And it's it's not even this particular court. I mean, Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Kavanaugh, uh, weren't there and Gorsuch wasn't there when they uh, when they decided Citizens United, which is the worst decision since Dred Scott, when they said that speech equals money and uh, rich people can spend all the money they want uh, on giving to candidates and so forth and dark money and all of that. Citizens United would destroy the Supreme Court. It showed that they were nothing but a tool of the rich. And uh, and, and until that is undone, the court is illegitimate and there is nothing else they can rule on because the court is illegitimate from that ruling. They gave the country to rich people. They gave elections to rich people and corporations. And until that is undone, the, the Supreme Court is a waste of time. It really is. And it's a sad state of affairs. That's one of the branches of our government. And if one of those branches is gone or not effective, our democracy has a very difficult time of running. So once we can get out from underneath the clutches of these Republican fucks, we have to start repairing our government and our democracy because it is damaged. It's not gone, but it is damaged. And it's going to take some time to fucking revive democracy in this country. It is. And, and we have to we have to reeducate people. We have to teach civics in the schools and we have to be honest about the history of the United States and show, no, we're not perfect. We try to fix it when we can. But once it's fixed, it should stay fixed. We shouldn't have to fight the same battles over and over again every hundred years. We shouldn't need a civil war every hundred years. We should at some point say, yeah, this is settled. Yeah, abortion is settled and voting rights are settled. And uh, we are a pluralistic society. We're not only for white people. We're not only for Protestant Christians. We are for uh, a broad, 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 broad. Uh, they used to say melting pot. I don't need a melting pot. I, I like a smorgasbord myself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing that these people in this country are lacking is consistency. Every time a new party takes power, everything fucking changes and goes the other way. This country needs some consistency. And one of the perfect examples of inconsistency is that 11 point uh, plan that Rick Scott put out. 
He wants mm-hmm. to take Medicare and Social Security and Medicaid and put it up for review every five years. Do we still need it? Well, fuck you. I paid for it. I'm getting it. And you can fuck yourself. Uh, it's a stupid idea. Even Mitch McConnell thinks it's a stupid fucking idea. Well, yeah, I, I invite Rick Scott. Well, no, I don't. I don't want to see his, his friggin' Skeletor face. But I, I, he should visit places like the place, the county where I live in Tennessee, where the median income is about thirty thousand dollars, and and more people make fifteen than than make thirty, and uh, even though they say it's the median. And uh, there's an underground economy like you wouldn't believe with drugs and, and different things. And, and uh, uh, they need to see that when when folks hit 65 here, a lot of them are burned out. Right. All they've got is Social Security. They're not going to be able to find a job at that age. And uh, it's all they've got. And it's it's not a lot, but it's better than it was. It's better than the poor farm. It's yeah. better than having to live in a trailer behind your, your kid's house. And people do that here. Campers. That's where grandma is. She's in the camper out back. Well, that's the ironic thing and where these people don't understand, whether it be health care or whether it be Social Security. In this country, the way we are now, if you don't afford them these kinds of benefits, and they're not really benefits, these are things that they paid for. But if they don't get that, the bill is ultimately going to go to the fucking government anyway. If I'm sick and I go in and, and I have emergencies, emergency surgery and I can't pay for it and I don't have insurance, the government, so one way or another, is going to fucking pay for it. It's, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's short-sighted. Let's make sure people have enough to take care of themselves so the government doesn't have to. And, and, and when the government has already taken your money for these benefits, they owe it to you. Now, Rick Scott had something interesting, and I don't know the whole story. I got to read it. But apparently Rick Scott, as much as he wants to sunset Medicare, apparently got himself in a lot of trouble <laughs> by, by defrauding Medicare, which I find ironic. If you want to do away with Medicare, who the fuck are you going to steal from, Rick Scott? Well, exactly. Rick paid the largest fine ever uh, for uh, uh, the the organization he worked for that he headed, um, you know, the nursing homes, I believe it was, um, that that they defrauded Medicare. He paid a gigantic fine. Why he's not in prison? I don't know. Uh, we, we, we tend to let the big things go for some reason. And we, we do fines instead of, uh, instead of imprisoning. I mean, if, if an auto company uh, puts out a car that kills a bunch of people because they didn't fix the defect because it was cheaper to pay people off than to fix the defect, why doesn't the, 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 the leadership go to prison instead of having to pay a fine? They should. That would make a change. Well, they don't because they're rich. And, yes. the, and and in spite of what they always tell us, that no one's above the law, that's absolute bullshit because there's a lot of people above the law. We see it every day. Well, uh, Ed, we're running out of time. I know you're running out of battery, so we'll wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. want to thank you for stopping by again. I know the folks love hearing from you. I love hearing from you. And uh, we always have a good uh, uh, repartee, if you will, yeah, when we're talking fun. about the shit that's going on. Well, you'll be back sometime shortly. We don't know what day exactly, but we'll figure it out whenever we can connect. And uh, uh, the folks at home, just make sure you uh, 
send us questions, comments, letters, whatever. I sent, there was a nice letter from uh, some Bruce, I think it was about Ed. So I sent that to him. Uh, it's nice to hear the good things too. Uh, but you have yourself a great day and we will be back again tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bruce. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll see you then. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. So you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.